Bet Saratoga from anywhere this summer with Naira Bets, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. Naira Bets players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at nyrabets.com and make sure to use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. Hi, it's Jerry the King Lawler, and you're tuned in to the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. I don't know why you are, but you are. Amazing, says some guy. These men have changed broadcasting forever. The Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. Oh yeah, you know, just uh, oh, no, I can't afford Skype. I don't know, the, the, the baseball analogy. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just think uh, with Yaki Ka, I don't speak Japan, and you f***ing people. Oh yeah, you know, just uh, you, DT. Batista's pretty f***ing sexy, and, uh, did I mention Roman Reigns gives me a boner, and, uh, yeah, um, uh, the 1980s baseball and wrestling was better than anything else. <laughs> Dontony.com What's up, everyone? It is Monday night, October 21st, 2019. Too bad I did not get a chance to practice my Kermit the Frog voice tonight because I kind of picture the beginning of the Muppet Show in my head, and I think it would have been the most apropos way to introduce everyone to the first ever Don Tony and Kevin Castle Power Hour. I am Don Tony and he is Kev Castle. I'm excited about this grand debut of the Hour of Power. Yeah, um, for those that don't know what is going down, plain and simple, since we have a Tuesday show on Patreon, Wednesday night, Donalmite, we have Breakfast Soup on Thursday, SmackDown Recap and Week in Review Friday. There's no need for us to do two and three hour shows on Monday night. And a lot of you out there have been expressing patrons and non-patrons more shows, even if they're shorter. So we'd rather give you more shows and a little bit shorter in each one than to do less shows and then be that much longer. So uh, we're going to stick to the 60 to 70 minute time frame from this point forward. And we'll see how it goes tonight. But uh, I got to give a special shout out to Shaheen, who is doing some artwork for the new format as we speak. I also want to give a shout out to our new and returning patrons, Ahmad Barry, Don Stoney. Don Stoney. Kind of sounds like Don Tony. Rob Taker, Samuel Clark, Gavin Lynch, and Adam Taylor Topping. And that is Topping as in nuts and caramel. It is spelled the same way. Uh, Like a cool whip. Cool Whip. I, I bought Cool Whip today. I bought sugar-free Cool Whip. It's in the freezer. 
And it's taste of sugar free. I taste. haven't tried it yet. It's only two net carbs. And since I'm on keto, as long as I manage my diet the right way, I can have a little bit of sugar free Kool Aid. Oh, nice. So, you know, we were, they were teasing the uh, third partner of the Street Profits tonight. Last week, we were talking about the ideas of Ricochet, Cedric. I know some people said our truth. Kind of sort of gave it away tonight when they said that this person does not like AJ Styles. And if you look at the raw roster and process of elimination, it seemed to come down to Kevin Owens and Cedric Alexander. The problem is, and we got to throw this right out there before anybody starts controversy online. The reason why there was no women's wrestling tonight is because WWE is very, very short with their roster because they are performing in Australia. That's right. And, you know, talk about roster split being thrown out the window. I think Bailey fought Charlotte in Australia. Bailey's on SmackDown, Charlotte's mm -hmm. on Raw, and, you know, I, as we talked about Friday, we got The Fiend taking on Rollins in Long Island besides Saudi Arabia. I mean, they're already going against this whole fucking draft and exclusivity shit. But that's why you didn't see women tonight on the show. But I had this little fascination in the end. Because they're hyping up Saudi Arabia so bad, how cool mm -hmm. would it have been Especially that Hogan just said, you know, I need one more match, brother. I can't have TNA be my last match ever, brother. And I thought, you know what? I wonder how the crowd would have reacted if he would have came out at the end, if he had one less leg drop in him, drop the leg on AJ Styles as someone else, get the win, go off the air, just as a little nostalgia. And then, I, you know, some people were like, oh, what about Kevin Owens? And I wrote a couple of minutes before he came out. Yeah, I could see it. Come out, music hit, stunner, one, two, three, done. And that's what we got. Kind of predictable. Yeah, it is what we got. Kevin Owens looked a little skinnier, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He's in great shape. Absolutely. Yeah, I good. mean, I, I talked about it two or three weeks ago. I don't think people understand, like, how dedicated he is right now with diet. I mean, will he ever be slim, trim, you know, Seamus or Luke Harper territory? I doubt no. it, but... Nor, nor does he have to be, really. No, and you know what? Yeah. A little weight off the knees, the ankles, yeah. it doesn't hurt. I mean, right now, you know, I can honestly say that my back pain is all but gone. That's good. And that's from, you know, losing some weight. And I saw my doctor today and he said, yeah, he says, you know, keep losing the weight. I still got about 30 pounds to go, but you know, you lose a little weight. It does take a lot of pressure off of the joints and everything. So good for Kevin Owens. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh, well, you know, what'd you think of raw overall? Well, you know, I was making fun of it mostly tonight on Twitter, but mostly for just jokes. Uh, I was going to save everything for the show. Obviously, uh, I didn't think it was too bad. Uh, I think, again, it opened and closed okay. I like the way it opened. I like the, uh, the you know, we've seen the return of Drew McIntyre, who looks great, as he always does. Yep. Uh, Rick Rick Flair uh, <laughs> trying to heal it up during his problem. Rick Flair was confusing me. Was he a, a good guy or a bad guy? Yeah, I, I mean, when Ricochet is doing the chops mimicking Flair, you think in storyline Flair would be pissed off because that's, from the other team, but they put yeah. the camera on him and he's grinning and he's happy. And I think he's just thrilled to be alive still. 
I think he's thrilled to just be maybe back in the good graces. It was funny when he said, and I'm sure this was off script when uh, the guy was wooing him. He goes, yeah, that's what your girlfriend said. I knew your mother back that back in the day or whatever he said. I'm like, sure. Jesus, right. Rick, Jesus. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was, that was, that couldn't have been scripted. Um, and Rick does what he wants anyway. So that was fun. I mean, Drew was a good, you know, uh, last man to announce. He's been out for a while. Um, he got, and Drew was showing some charisma in the end. Did you see him mimicking Hulk Hogan and yeah, yeah. mocking Drew showing some charisma there? That's what he needs to do. The audience actually reacted to him. Oh, he's a bad guy, but it was a great match. They put on a hell of a match. Ricochet was unbelievable as he always is. Crowd just likes him in general. Uh, you know, he's always the up against it, smaller baby face. And Drew was the big fucking bully heel. I didn't think Drew was going to eat a pen, but it was a good match. I thought it was a really good match. They started out strong, but they fell off the rails kind of quickly after yeah well right now we have team hogan which is captain roman reigns ricochet rusev shorty g and ali versus team flair of captain randy orton nakamura baron corbin drew mcintyre and bobby lashley and speaking of lashley um you know i was thinking about this in storyline purposes so nbc universal drafted lashley a couple of weeks ago to just go out to dinner and fuck people yeah. in their, like, hotel rooms? I mean, why isn't he wrestling? I'm talking about storyline. You right, know, right. why is he, like, dining in... Uh, and that's an awfully close restaurant. You know, I just storyline, like, why would Lana want Rusev to take her to a... Where were they tonight? Portland? Cle- Cleveland. Cleveland yeah, why? Yeah. Even worse. Why would you want to... You know, Rusev, take me to this restaurant in Cleveland. I decide, you know, I can see if you're in Madison Square Garden, you're in an Italian restaurant, you know, a couple of blocks away. But Rusev, you never take me to this restaurant in Cleveland. Uh, I hate yeah, that fucking yeah, storyline. Yeah, our accent was going in and out in, uh, tonight and stuff. But DT, and I, I'm curious what you're going to say. Is Rusev intentionally tanking this on promos? Why is he acting? Well... I, I, so biz- bizarre it's, it's the best way to describe it the way he was even interacting with jerry lola was not, weird it's not bizarre the problem is they're trying to humanize rusev to make him a stronger baby face and we and we i i think it was breakfast soup i talked about it not too long ago that wwe's logic is the best way we could turn rusev baby face stronger is this and this is something nobody's thought about and believe me nobody's thought i mean from what i read online almost nobody's thought about this i understand we are all pissed that wwe is taking a real marriage and putting it into a storyline that never seems to work well you're going back to macho man and everywhere else but the thing is i think wwe's logic is just like social media, they try to push these feuds between roster, you know, the people on the roster through social media to get people to catch on. And it gives them a shortcut to have that leak out into television. If you have right. two women feuding on Twitter, you know, oh, my God, this person said this about this person and it catches on. You don't have to do too much to lead to a match on TV. Back in the day, you would have even 10 years ago, five years ago, you would have to have the entire storyline play out during the television broadcast. So now the logic with WWE, in my opinion, is that they feel that we are so upset at the way they're 
disrespecting Rusev by, you know, yes, they agreed to do this storyline, but just because you agree, what are you going to do? Say no and then walk out and, you know, work indies or somewhere else or, you know, maybe AEW. But the point is, is that by us being, WWE's the heel right now. Not lastly, so to speak, WWE's the heel. And the idea yeah. is, is that the angrier we get about the storyline progressing, the more sympathetic we are to Rusev because look at this guy. He's never been smiling on TV. He's never been, you know, like trying to be, you know, goody goody and this, this and that. He is an uncharted waters right now as far as his character so you know he's trying to portray a character he hasn't done before and it's not going well because the storyline is terrible and if you notice the last two weeks the over the top fooling around the touching is disappeared two weeks ago with the hotel room the light went off before you saw them fooling around lastly He's simulating that he's going to massage her inner thigh area. The camera pans up. Today, when they're about to kiss, when she put the whipped cream on his nose, I said to myself, I hope the fucking God they don't have her lick that off. Of I thought that too. I thought, I thought that's what they were going to do too. That's what I thought. Yeah, so that's the thing. Lashley is not necessarily the heel right now. It's WWE. And the more we get sympathetic to Rusev, like, look, what the fuck are they doing with him? We're supposed to cheer him on more because of the way WWE is utilizing him in this storyline. And I fucking hate it. Rusev is in uncharted waters. He's never been this good baby face, you know, bad. You know what I mean? Like when Enzo tried to hit on Lana or, or Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, yeah he was a bad, bad guy. guy. And even though if you remember the shows, and I'm sure everybody remembers at that time, you know, we wanted to see Rusev beat the fuck out of Enzo because Enzo's the one hitting on a married woman. He Enzo was the heel in that storyline. That's right. So th- I think that's the problem with this. You know, it's not, you know, just because you know, someone is maybe not doing well as their character, you know, it's it's an awkward storyline and it's in Uncharted Boys. Lana, you know, she's an actress. So Lana, there's no emotion involved. And, you know, sure, I mean, I don't ever want to see my girl if she was an actress fooling around with someone else. Oh, it's just acting. It's just a movie because that's technically what it is. But the last couple of weeks, they're not showing any actual touching between the hey, two. remember that's what Kevin Sullivan thought when he hooked up Chris Benoit and Nancy. Yeah, but you know, I I don't know. I just but I I, I don't like the storyline at all. I don't like no. it at all. It feels like it's in quicksand and they're trying to figure out ways to get it out. And you know, it almost feels like maybe it culminates at uh, Saudi Arabia's event. It's got to. I mean, Jerry Lawler was look like Jerry Lawler and Rusev were not on the same page. Jerry Lawler was trying to get something out of uh, Rusev there. He's like, but, but tell me, but, but, but tell me how you feel. Like it was like, yeah. Jerry, I think Jerry Lawler was even like, oh, he's got to give me a little bit more than this. Yeah, too bad we didn't have Miz TV doing that segment instead of. Jerry. It probably would have been. Yeah, it would have been better the way Miz grilled uh, Bailey last week. Was, yeah, if it would have been better. And can I say this? You know, mm-hmm. I know Rusev told the crowd, "Listen, stop with the what chance he's a Hall of Famer." And I know the WWE on Fox Twitter 
account, which I believe is WWE account, not a Fox account. Um, right. You know, they actually said, you know, could we cool it with the what chance we're not in the 90s anymore? Yeah. I got news for you. With the exception of Hall of Fames and this is and that, and yeah, it might have been a little disrespectful with Jerry Lawler tonight. I think chanting what? I think chanting CM Punk. I think chanting AEW. I think chanting anything they want to chant is the fans' way of telling WWE, we don't like the shit that we're watching. So we're go- going to say something that you don't like as our way of saying, hey, you know, how many fucking times over the last 20 years we've had uh, Vince McMahon, even though Vince once said that he knows better than the fans, but what have they been saying? Wasn't it January where Triple H and Stephanie saying, you know, you are going to be the ones that tell us what you want and this, this, and that? Well, this is their way of saying, we don't want this. We don't like this. Please cut this shit out. And until you do so, you know, and this all stems back to the Daniel Bryan storyline, in my opinion. We've chanted shit all, all throughout our lives as wrestling fans to get under people's skin. It's, it's just the way it goes. But the Daniel Bryan storyline to me was the first big time, big time, big time, I stress big time, storyline, where the fans really changed the course in a dramatic way of where WWE was going. And they were not going to let up until WWE gave in to what the fans want. And when you do that, it becomes a a bomb because now the fans think, hey, you know, if we all fucking voice out and, you know, do it strong enough, you know, this person could get this and this person could get that. And this, uh, I mean, hell, we remember Cesaro section, Rusev Day and this and that. But WWE, the last two, three years have crammed, you know, like tighten that up and saying, like, we don't give a fuck what the WWE universe says. When they were going crazy for Rusev Day, did Rusev get a push? No. When when they, we had seen the Cesaro section going crazy, did Cesaro get this unbelievable push? No. And oh. now this is the WWE universe's new Rusev Day, Cesaro section and all this. They're going to chant what... And honestly, you know, if, if I don't like something, you know, fucking yell it. Yeah, soon they're going to be chanting AEW. Not yet. But soon, they're going to be chanting AEW. And I can't wait to see how fucking mind by Even if AEW's ratings plummet, which they're not, but even if they did, fans will just oh. chant it just because they know it'll piss off WWE. Yeah, as you know, telling anybody not to do something is sure far away to get them to do yeah, it over. Yeah, I read again. that tweet and I'm like, are you stupid? You're, you're inviting people to chant what even more? You think Rusev did that on his own? Like to, uh, to shut that down oh, yeah, or just annoy yeah, yeah. you? You think the wrestlers have been told to shut that down? No, I think it's just human emotion. I mean, it's yeah. it it you know Jerry Lawler is getting up there in age. Jerry Lawler's had some health issues. God bless him; he's doing great right now. But you know, you do get a little bit rattled sometimes, and you know, even Jerry Lawler could possibly you know get a little brain fart or get a little discombobulated because of the what chance. You have a couple of bullet points you want to you know do, and you know you get your mind. If you even watch. After Rusev did that, Jerry Lawler looked like he lost his place where what he was talking about. And he started like trying to regain where he was trying to get with his points. And, um, you know, look, I don't like it being chanted to Jerry Lawler. You know, you do show a little respect to, you know, to a certain degree. But as far as the overall picture, fuck, 
Yell as much as you want. You don't like it? Yell as much as you want. But also praise what you do like. You know, it's not just, that's why I always have fun online with uh, with the internet because, you know, I, I've said this many times before. I have almost everybody on mute that I follow. And the reason why I do that is not to be an asshole, but because I don't want to, you know, want to make a point. And then I kind of feel bad because someone said something similar. This isn't that. But during Raw, I'll do a regular WWE Raw search on Twitter and I'll just look at the overall consensus. What do people say about this? What do people say about that? I mean, during the Seth Rollins match, everybody's chatting, we want Wyatt. We've been saying for a couple of weeks now that, you know, and we talked about it even Friday. You know, some people thought Bray Wyatt's character was fucked after what happened to Hell in the Cell. If anything, it got him over even more because now the WWE Universe wants Bray Wyatt a thousand times more than before, and Seth Rollins is now the bitch. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's that's the way it came off tonight. I mean, um, speaking of Seth Rollins, what'd you think of uh, this thing with Humberto? Uh, wearing the <laughs> Techno Team 2000 gear. But look, he's a good wrestler, very smiley, a little too dimply for me. But then again, he's probably not, uh, you know, he's not a wrestler for the middle-aged men crowd. Uh, yeah. He's probably good for the kids and the girls. I mean, how old is anybody now? old Umberto is? Was he 22? He's very young. Years old. Let, he's very young. Uh, Did you think it was too, too soon to let him go up against the champ tonight? He's really talented. He is ta- more talented than people know. Um, I had some fun on Twitter today only because I've talked about it before with other people who come up from NXT to the main roster. I, I remember talking about it with Lars. I remember talking about it with a few other people who came up to the main roster. You got a lot of people out there who claim they've watched and covered NXT for years. And then someone comes up to the main roster and they'll hit a move or they'll be wearing something and they're posting like they have never fucking seen the move or seen the outfit before. And that's how you expose a lot of people out there who really don't watch shit. The Lars stuff was fucking priceless when it happened. Lars was a beast and a talented motherfucker. Say what you want about what he wrote, you know, 10 years ago, whatever it was. But that guy is a fucking monster for his size. And he's doing some moves off the top rope and this is that. And people you know, experienced longtime podcasts who claimed they've watched NXT for years were writing and they didn't know nothing about it. I'm like, how did you not see that? So, so I talked about Cardillo like three weeks ago. He is really fucking talented. And, you know, I, I think he, you remember a long time ago, I said, Daniel Bryan needs facial hair. Remember when the whole Nexus thing, I said he needs facial hair. Umberto Carrera, Carrera, I I think the extreme clear-cut look with the dimples and the goofy fucking hanging hair, I think that's destined for a heel. Right now, he's playing a baby face and getting a little rub from from the champion, which I had zero problem with tonight. You know, hey, you know, welcome to the big time. Here's your first test. You're going to go against the fucking champ. And you show some offense and you show that, hey, for for a brief moment, he could go toe-to-toe with the champ. But in the end, he lost. So I didn't mind the rub tonight. But to me, he's extremely talented, but he should be one of those cocky fucking heels. 
you know, just somebody you just want to see smacked. Somebody who you just want to see fucking, yeah. Almost, almost, almost like, like an MJF? MJF? Almost, no, almost like a TJP. Remember when TJP oh. first came up to the main yeah, roster yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, doing yeah. his fucking dip or whatever that shit is? And dab, dab. Dabbing. Dab. He's dabbing. Oh, yeah. You know, you you remember I got into the fucking argument with TJP online. It's nothing personal, but that guy should have been a fucking heel. I see him dabbing, dab my balls. I didn't like, you know, like I understand who he was trying to put his attention to, but nah, to me, that's like, you know, that's a guy who you want to fucking see get his ass kicked. And that that's the feeling I get about Umberto. He's talented. Um, I... I'm a little confused why he's on the main roster because I don't know the with Raw, like who does he feud with? Is he gonna maybe he has a feud with AJ Styles? I don't know. Maybe he has a feud with uh I don't know. You you understand what I'm saying? Like you only have maybe two or three people he can have a feud with. Then after that, what happens? He gets squashed like a grape. So I like him, but I don't think he has enough opponents on Raw to really start progressing. Well, they're having a hard enough time getting Andrade over this good-looking Latino wrestler, even though he's got the, the hot uh, Zelina Vega by his side who can talk. How's Umberto going to get over? He That was a brutal little promo he did there when he called Seth Rollins an arsonist yeah. with Charlie Caruso. Even Charlie Caruso's like this poor fucking guy. Uh, it just, that was not good. So he has nobody to, to you know, to get in between and, and buffer for him. So I don't know how he's going to get over when they're still struggling to get Andrade over. Andrade's just twice the wrestler he is and has a hot piece of ass by his side. And he's, he's still struggling to find his 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 way in, in the main roster. So what are they going to do with this kid? Maybe because he appeals more to girls and little kids. He's he's 24, by the way. He just turned 24 the other Let day. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Andrade, the character on TV, mm-hmm. speaking, speak English? Not well. Okay. Let me ask you a question. I know this is Don Tony nitpicking, but this is what separates our show, what you and I do compared to everybody else out there. Yeah. Just talking storyline purposes, sure. suspension of disbelief. Zelina mm-hmm. Vega, she's her his manager, whatever you want to call her, valet, whatever. All right? Yeah. Beautiful, talented, you know, great on the mic, blah, blah, blah. She's at ringside pushing Andrade, talking very animated all throughout the match. Why is she speaking English? Why isn't she yelling at Andrade in his fucking language that he understands? Every so people ringside can understand what she's saying. I understand that, but just common sense goes. If I speak only Chinese and I'm wrestling in storyline and my manager is fucking saying everything in English, I'm going to be looking at him like, uh, uh, what? What? Why you, why you okay? Why? Why? Why you okay? No, I want my fucking manager to talk to me. Even Lana, she would fucking, you know, garble in a language that was didn't even exist, but it sounded Russian. And then at the very end, she go, crash! Why the fuck is she talking everything in English where if you think of suspension of disbelief, Andrade understands probably one-fifth of it. I'm not sure, but that's true. Someone made a good point back in the day when Gary Hart would yell at Muda. He was yelling in English, not in Japanese. So that's been going on when wrestlers are managing wrestlers from another country. Yeah, but oh, no, here's the difference. Uh, yeah. Here's the difference. Okay. Uh, Gary Hart didn't speak Buta. He didn't speak Japanese. He didn't speak Japan. 
he didn't speak Japan. Um, Zelina Vega, they already portrayed that she speaks, um, you know, Mexican or Spanish, whatever Andrade is. That's the difference. Gary Hart did not speak Japan, just like I can't speak Japan. You know, if you don't know how to speak that language, then you can't speak that language. I'm just saying, I'm just nitpicking. I'm just like, she's very, very loud and very, very animated. And I'm saying like, why isn't she talking in Andrade's language? She oh, can- I understand you. I understand your point. I never really thought about it, to be honest with you. Now, you're, now that you mention it, I never really thought about it. You know she, what I mean? She could be like Ricky Ricardo. She could yeah. be talking about, you know, Andrade, move, move, move. Move, move, move. You like go in and out of the fucking language. That's what I would do. That's true. Oh, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know. Are you surprised he's not in NXT, though, Humberto? I mean, I I guess, again, you're right. Why is he on the main roster? What are they going to do? I brought this up on Breakfast Soup. I had a big debate with Mish on this. I think the NXT roster is about 15 to 20 too many. Oh, yeah, Um, that's a lot. Yeah, it's true. It's a lot. It's just when you actually... I mean, I don't think anybody out there has actually looked and really documented NXT's entire roster. And to me, there's about 15 names too many on there. Now you threw in the fucking 205 Live guys on top of it. My God. Yeah, it's just 15 to 20 too many. So you have to bring a few to the main roster. I'm a little surprised that Carrillo was brought to the main roster, not because he's not talented, but after he goes through Shelton Benjamin, after he has a little bit on Andrade, maybe he has a little bit of mutual stuff for Rey Mysterio, and then what? That's true. What do you do? There's a lot of of middle-of-the-road guys on this roster, though, with, uh, what's the names, Um, Zack Ryder and and all these other guys. There's a lot of them. If you look at when they showed the the picture of the Raw roster, it looked like majority job guys. It really did. It didn't look like too many stars. Did anybody else see that big picture? And you kind of counted how many people were over on that team. Maybe it was like five people who were stars on that show. You, that's uh, why we made the prediction Friday that you will still see some SmackDown house shows be canceled because at the end of the day, you have the same fucking roster that you did before the before when house shows were being canceled repeatedly early this year. Really, what was switched all that much? You know, you really don't. I mean, you have some wrestlers trading brands, but at the end of the day, it's not so tremendous. That's why I left. And this is not even news, but I have to mention it. You and I made a prediction two two weeks ago this was going to happen. Not not only about the ratings, um, because remember, Friday said they lose, they dropped between four and five hundred thousand viewers, and they dropped four hundred fifty seven thousand. So it was right on the money. But you said two weeks ago that if SmackDown's ratings improve, you'll see these goofy morons write, oh, Fox is very happy with SmackDown's rating. But if the rating starts going back to what it was on the USA Network, you're going to see reports saying, Fox is very disappointed at the drop in the viewership. Motherfuckers, what did we say on Friday about the network, Kev? What did we say? We said, uh, same old shit, different network. (laughs) <laughs> yes, is that the new slogan? Yeah, same old shit, mm-hmm. different network. So SmackDown going back to 2.4 million. I mean, what did they think? There was like 
300,000 fucking losers, you know, just hanging out on a Friday night that can't afford basic cable, that only have channel 2, 4, 5, 7, 9, and 11 in New York. It's and, like 1979. Yeah, and they're like, oh, you know, <laughs> what are we going to watch? You know, uh, uh, Fox, uh, yeah, wrestling. And No, <laughs> it's not happening. It's going to be same old shit, different network. Well, it's I, funny because my, my mom was uh, bitching about them taking off Last Man Standing, which is one of her favorite shows that used to be on, and they moved it because of SmackDown. Yeah. On, uh, on Fox. Yeah, it used to be on 8 o'clock on Friday nights. And speaking of Last Man Standing, they are advertising Seth and Wyatt in Saudi Arabia, and they actually literally had to write, everyone, believe us this time, there has to be a winner. The match will not stop no matter what. You you look under the graphic, they had to add like a sentence or two to just convince people like, forget about Hell in the Cell. I know that was clusterfuck, dumb finish. We promise you no matter what, there will definitely be a, a winner. There'll definitely be, it'll, there, nothing will stop this match. God awful. And speaking of God awful, I have to say this tonight. I have no problem with Cain Velasquez in WWE. Um, and I guess we could segue into him and a little Tyson yeah. Fury. Sure. But I invite anybody, go back and watch that segment again with Cain Velasquez and Shelton Benjamin. I thought I was in grammar school when we used to tackle our friends and give them noogies on the side of their arm. You remember when you used to grab someone? You you know, if you were really vicious, you would give them noogies in the temple, not realizing yeah. that they probably could develop an aneurysm over it. But look at all the punches by Cain Velasquez. He's manhandling fucking... Uh, he gave him noogies on the side of his <laughs> arm. And I said, <laughs> noogies, everyone. I didn't say something else. Noogies. He gave him noogies on the side of his arm, punching the same area. It almost looks like if, put it this way, if Shelton Benjamin went went to work next week, he could probably tell all the people that, yeah, yeah, I got a nice fucking hickey on my arm from my girl. Check out that hooky. Check out that. Oh, it, it, it'll probably look like a fucking hickey. He gave him noogies on the side of his arm. That was horrendous. That was terrible. Yeah, those punches were really weak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you throw a bit of a a better work punch than that? I mean, seriously, I, I was so surprised. It was really, yeah, it was like these little, like you said, like almost like the way you give people noogies on that, like the way Bill Murray on the old Santa Live used to grab the head and give noogies to Gilda Radner. Yeah. I mean, it was, I just was like, come on, Kane, you got to work it a little bit better than that. I mean, Shelton's a big boy laying in a little bit. Yeah. My God. Gee, I'm sure even Shelton's like, you know, you can hit me a little bit harder, you know? I, oh I, I, I said it last week. I'll say it again. I wish Vince was still on commentary. That's got to be Kane. You know. <laughs> that would have been, been My great. My God, we got a new Kane and a new Tyson. That's true. We do. How funny was that? Them pushing uh, Ray Mysterio. That was almost like a schoolyard thing. The way he was pushing Ray Mysterio. Now, you see, oh. I kind of, I'm going to save it for Wednesday. Not trying to jip people here, but I have to continue Wednesday because of my rant last week about Marco Stunt. Hmm. And um, I, on Wednesday, I'm going to tell everyone on Wednesday Night Dynamite how I would have introduced Marco Stunt to the AEW fans out there. And I guarantee you that if 98% of people listening that are not haters disagree with what I say, I will not do another episode when I say what I'm going to say. But it almost feels like 
Somebody should have been pushing around Marco's stunt, and then, yeah, he's injured, but Luchasaurus comes out and beats the fuck out of it. Don't, you know, you want to bully him? Yeah, no problem. Here's my bully. Here's my Kane Velasquez. But, you know, I, I just found it funny with Shelton, but that segment was not good. No, it wasn't. And um, speaking of that, Yahoo Sports interviewed Triple H and Tyson Fury uh, talking about the deal. Tyson Fury asking how the deal came together. He says, and I quote, I was home, minding my own business, recovering from the Otto Wallen fight a few weeks ago. Got a call from one of my guys asking if I'd be interested in doing WWE, and I jumped at the chance, okay? okay. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Triple H says, and I quote, as Tyson was making his comeback and coming up, he was really making waves, and I said, this is something interesting. We should keep our eye on this. Now, I'll interpret that entire conversation between Triple H, Tyson Fury, and Yahoo Sports. And I'm sorry if anybody out there gets offended with the way I say it, but this is how I interpret how this deal went down. Uh, Triple H, we want Tyson. We want MMA, Saudi Arabia. Book it, Saudi, Tyson. Tyson, we want, I, why do I sound Chinese? Saudi yeah, Arabia. <laughs> do you, does anybody in their right mind think that Tyson Fury would have inked a deal with WWE if the Saudi Arabia event didn't go down? It was fucking Saudi money that fucking did this. And Yahoo Sports, whoever the fucking Nimrod is, damn, I said I wasn't going to curse tonight. Um, whatever the Nimrod is that did that interview, how do you not? Ask the question, Saudi Arabia had nothing to do with so, uh, What's going to happen after Saudi Arabia? Do we still have Tyson Fury in the ring? No questions like that. Just, hey, could you play footsie a little more? <laughs> that tickles. They like playing footsie. It's like goof Mike Johnson with Ed Norholm from Impact. Yeah. Jeez. Loser. Yeah, you know what happened? <laughs> I got so, I got so, um, you know, like self-conscious about my goody, goody, goody that I I forgot how to impersonate the Saudi hierarchy that, you know, you know, MMA, MMA. I got to practice this week. But, yeah, you got to practice. Yeah, but um, there ain't no fucking way that would have been inked if Saudi Arabia wasn't going down on Halloween. And I still think Tyson Fury and, and uh, Braun Strowman is going to end up in a clusterfuck. We'll probably get the uh, the former... 24-7. Oh, no, they are still the 24-7 hardcore champion. You know, we'll get one of the fight. We'll get that tag team, you know, the Bollywood boys. Or yeah. Is, is that why you think they uh, put the belt on them to go into uh, the um, Saudi and have them uh, uh, do something there? It's possible. It's very possible. But I just feel that we will have someone interrupt the match between Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman, and they will end up teaming up with each other and beating the fuck out of whoever comes out there and that's how that will end. Yeah. But I do see Brock beating Cain Velasquez. I see that. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to win. I do see that. And I agree with you about what you said uh about a week or so ago when you said you see Tyson and Braun becoming friends, quote unquote, by the time the match uh, ends up someone will interfere and it'll be a draw or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Um you know, uh, some other matches. We know about the Tag Team Turmoil World Cup match, and we got Team Hogan, Lesnar, Vasquez. But we also have, can't forget this, because I think it was the second or third match plug tonight, we got Cesaro taking on Mansoor. Oh, God. I I, I don't know, man. Is is that bathroom break? 
Is that prayer break? I mean, well, not not for not for there where they're at. I mean, Mansoor's a name. Didn't he get a big ovation there last time? Oh my god, Mansoor won the whole fucking thing last year. I mean, this is Saudi Arabia. Yeah, he got a, he's a big deal. He's the Seth Rollins. No, <laughs> if Seth Rollins was really really over, he would be Mansoor over there. This is exactly. this is what in the you know for those that maybe live in that area, and I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but you know, in the United States, especially here in New York. We call Mansoor versus Cesaro, and even last year. I'm not saying he's not talented, but here where we live, we call that pandering to the umpteenth degree. This is WWE pandering to Saudi Arabia that someone from Saudi Arabia needs to prevail. Mansoor will be the Hulk Hogan of Saudi Arabia. That's true. Yeah, Mansoor. Yeah, Mansoor. Again, and he looks like Ali meets Seth Rollins. Yeah, just, um, you know, just a little bit unpolished, if I say that respectfully. Um, speaking of Ali, let's give him a little credit. He announced that the money he's making from Crown Jewel, he's going to donate it to a charity called uh, Charity Water. Nonprofit brings clean drinking water to countries and areas that don't have, like, you know, like running water and, you know, just, my God, it's, it's such a... You know, I don't think people understand how sick you could get from just drinking like still settled water. So, um, you know, having running water is a big deal. I mean, it's uh, that's good for him. That's good for him. I would have liked to have heard other performers, you know, speak up and donate it to charity. But uh, five million dollar plus paydays for some people take her. Um, they no way that that's going to you know any. Maybe a little bit to charity, but, you know, the rest is going to go towards the nest egg, which I don't blame him. Dude, is that true that, I mean, I don't know if it's a fact, but did you hear the same thing that uh, Tyson Fury is getting $15 million? I heard that. I don't know if it's true. Holy shit. I mean, really, that's like holy shit money. I mean, wow. I find that a little exaggerated. I know. Could that be true? I mean, my God, is that those kind of, I mean, we joke about the payoffs and stuff like that, but really that much money Saudi is going to throw at these guys. Oh my God. When you, when you're worth billions and trillions, that's like spending a hundred bucks. I guess over there. That's like going to fucking off Queens Boulevard and dropping two bills on a prostitute on the corner. You know what I mean? Like, you're overpaying a little bit for a blowjob, but hey, if she looks really, really good <laughs> and she's she's famous for really giving it, you know, hey, all right, I'll pay a little extra. That's that's chump change to them. Jesus. Like, come on. We saw over the weekend. Did you see that? Look, that was impressive. Yeah. They did this parade or whatever, and they got this giant fucking lifelike, you know, blow-up doll of The Undertaker. And The Undertaker uh, and Vince go all the way to Saudi Arabia for this parade. You don't think right, there was, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of bucks behind that? You know, it's a, all you need to do. See, I, you, I forget who the famous guy was who used to have that puppet. But um, right now, the Saudi prince should just take strings and just tie him to the back of The Undertaker and Vince McMahon and just lift up their arms, flailing, lift up their arms like like they're puppets. I mean, Vince is a puppet for Saudi Arabia right now. You know, it doesn't matter I, I, what's going on. I mean... You know, it, so will everything is everything slated to be called Crown Jewel? No numbers, just Crown Jewel, Crown Jewel 2, Crown Jewel 3 is just Crown Jewel? That's what they're calling it. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're just calling it right now. Uh, President Trump in the chat, I'll be talking about Impact 
on Wednesday. We were, you know, obviously stupid to repeat it twice, even though they did have a pay-per-view yesterday. Not a bad pay-per-view. Um, didn't, didn't see it. I was working. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. I saw it. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it too this week. I just, last night, I just got home too late. I couldn't do it. Yeah, and I did see the Joey Ryan spot, and uh, I'll save that for Wednesday. Yeah, I, I have to, I want to see the whole show. I want to see the whole yeah. show. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I agree. Um, what else we got? Oh, you know, some news. Some people might find it very disappointing for a different reason, but Xavier Woods was injured in Australia, and he may, in fact, have torn his Achilles. So uh. for everyone out there that was hoping that maybe, you know, Kofi, you know, could get right back into the main event pitcher, if Xavier Woods tore his Achilles, it looks like Kofi and Biggie will be a tag team for the foreseeable future. Yeah, he. I mean, that's an injury. He could be out the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he could be out the rest of the year. Yeah, so uh, hopefully it's not as bad as what people are portraying. Speaking of bad, I'm still mm-hmm. trying to get more information on it, but it looks like Leparka may have fractured his neck yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, it's a pretty sick bump. Uh, there's some footage online. It's very grainy. I, I haven't, you know, like, looked to see if there's better footage of it, but uh, the, the spill he took outside the ring does not look good. Hopefully, you know, the reports coming out are a little bit premature. He's got to be up there in age, too, with oh, this yeah. point. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I saw Ken Shamrock do a dive outside the ring, almost killed himself. Yeah, you know what? I When I saw it, I was more impressed, not because of his age, but because it was Shamrock. But, you know, I keep thinking back to 1997. Terry Funk was almost going on 54. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Shamrock's 56, though. 55. 55. Okay. And he was wrestling Moose. I think Moose caught him, protected him from breaking. Yeah. No, no, no. Shamrock, um, from what I saw online, did very, very well. And uh, he did not embarrass himself. So I really, you know, I got to give the guy props for doing what he did. So... Let's give a shout out to some of our associate producers, Tyg Z Bowers. Happy birthday, yeah. my friend. Um, yes. Aaron from Anaheim, Seth Washington, the Metaphor Isaac Fox, Whisperer Rob, G Unic J Gambino, Neil McLeod, Vic Condor, Garcia Kane, C and Black Pixels, Jacob Eston, Michael John Buchanan. Oh, um, before I go any further, can mm-hmm. we just like throw this out out of the way immediately? Sure. Um the uh Randy Orton's just trolling people. He's just trolling people. Did you see? Yeah, that? I saw that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I know. He's got another year on his contract, by the way. Yeah, and he he's he's probably a WWE lifer. Um, yeah. For those that don't know, he was in an elevator, and the sign said "Elite." You know, going. You know, I guess they're going to the elite floor. Somebody took a picture, and he, you know, put some of the AEW names and even some current WWE names that might be a little bit disgruntled. And uh, right away, oh, you know, AEW, you know, Randy Orton teasing an AEW jump. No, he's not teasing an AEW jump. What he's called, what he's doing is what's called trolling your ass. Exactly. He likes to do shit like that. Randy Orton's a wise ass. My God, do you, does anybody remember? I, and you know what? Somebody in Discord, and, and the only reason why I say Discord and not Mixos, because Discord, you could actually see the photos. Does anybody pull up quickly that photo that Jericho trolled everybody about 10 plus years ago with TNA? Yeah. Jericho trolled everybody and put a picture of him standing in front of the TNA logo. And everybody was like, oh, Jericho teasing a TNA jump. No, motherfucker. It's called he trolled your ass. That's what Randy Orton's doing. 
Same yeah, thing. Orton's on the contract till next December, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah, he trolled your asses. Oh, by the way, it's twelve million. Everyone's saying twelve. So twelve million still, it's a lot for uh, Tyson. Ah, there's the photo. You see it in Discord. There's the photo. The TNA with Jericho. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see. It, yeah, that that he actually posted that a long time ago. Uh, you no, know, he he wasn't teasing the jump. Um, and listen. You know, the 12, 13 million for Tyson Fury. I don't know who's actually reporting that. You know what I mean? Like, I got to see, like, a legitimate boxing site. I ain't going to go to fucking prowrestlinggoof.com. You know what I mean? Because, you know, if they keep changing the number, eventually they'll get the number right. So I, I don't go, buy goof, goof, Goof.com, though, usually has very good, reliable sources, though. Goof.com. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> goof.com. Hey, look, I admitted on Patreon last week that I am a goof also. Uh, we're all goofs. It's we just are. different types awesome. of goofs, you know? Uh, yeah, and I want to say President Trump, who showed that Jim Cornette book, I want to get that Jim Cornette book. I was thinking to get it for Draper for Christmas, but Jim Cornette always acts like he mails shit out late. Like, does it take a long time to get shit from Jim Cornette? I want to get that book, though, that he put out for Midnight Express. It looks like a good book. Yeah, and thank you, Shezzy. You posted the footage of LaParker's spill. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's in bad shape. Yeah, so my thoughts are with him. Met him once. Met him once. Through oh, Mon- they're sold out? No, oh, I'm sorry. I got TD. No, I met him once through Mongo. Mongo was a guy that used to be the agent for some of the luchadors. That's how I got Mexico's Most Wanted in for Goodman. And, um, oh, yeah, yeah. What was that back in mid-2000s, right? Uh, 2006, around there. No, I remember. Yeah, we were doing a hotline. Then. Mongo was one cool motherfucker. Looked just like Meatloaf. Look just I like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you saying. I that. have yeah, some yeah. personal photos from from my house. Uh, you know him and some of the luchadors. You know outside. I'll send you a picture of him. You see him, you'll know who he is. Uh, I remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, shout out to our associate producers: Stell, Derek Brewer, Jerry Stewart, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Chuck Lentz, Tony, Chris Harris, Keith Doherty, John Krauser, Roger Rubio, Fatty Three Sixteen, Stan the Man Loudon, Don Tony's political advisor. D-Boy Gentleman, Ernesto Defensa, Timothy Keel, Kane Shaw, Jeffrey Collins, James Mills, Cockboy, Jace Moody, Tom Baffa, Joseph Nicoluk, Nickel Time, Michael Rhino, Paul Convoy, Adam Demoy, Billy Taylor, Hassan Hashmi, Brett Webster, Aaron Kloss, Alton here, Anthony Smith, James Grusom, Mark Israel, Bob O'Mac. We'll give some more shout-outs in a little bit. Everyone, um, definitely make sure you check out Texas Podcast Massacre. Uh, great podcast that, you know, just talks about a lot of pop culture horror films from yesteryear. Just a really unique show. And Rock Reviews has some new podcasts that they just dropped. And I was uh, seeing some of their feed on Twitter. And um, you can find them on YouTube as well. So definitely check them out. We'll give them more plugs in a little bit. Want to talk a little Eric Bischoff? Yes, people are people are asking. You promised we, we're going to get to it right now. Yeah, well... Um, you know, uh, <laughs> he was on Conrad today, as predicted. Yeah, I mean, I was silent. I didn't say one peep about it. I will say this. I think a lot of people were disappointed today because they were hyping this up to be some real gossip magazine stuff. And my interpretation from what I had gotten over the last week, and this is something that I don't think really was talked about today, but there was a sign, a telltale sign that something was up about a month or so ago. 
People may remember when we first heard about Heyman to Raw Bischoff to SmackDown, and we originally were told that Bischoff was going to be in creative. About a, a month and a half ago, around that time, there was a report going around online that Bischoff uh, was going to be in the, no, no, it was the production area. He was going to focus more about the production side of WWE and, you know, the the outside of creative. And then some people were saying, no, 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 it's this, it's this, it's this. And Bischoff kind of like made a comment at that time, you know, disputing what some people were saying. And I think that was the beginning of some misinformation out there. What I got out of everything from last week to today is simply this. Bischoff thought he was going to be doing A, B, C, and D. And I think WWE turned it into B, C, F, H, and and K. And I don't think that's what Bischoff wanted to do from the get-go. And he's out of there. Well, I mean, I, I, I have the notes here from uh, some of the stuff that he said. Uh, today with Conrad. And what you're caught, right. what caught your eye? I mean, as far as what he said to Conrad, like what's the first thing? That- well, well the, the thing that he said that he, he felt disappointed that he didn't meet Vince McMahon's expectations on this particular occasion. Uh, like when he was hired as talent, as on-air talent, he did a good job as the GM, but he wasn't office backstage. He was on-air talent, did a good job. He was he Vince thought something one way and he thought something another. You're right. There was some sort of miscommunication there big time, DT, because what you just said. But DT, when you get a job like this, isn't the expectations discussed thoroughly? This is what we're hiring you for, for this amount of money, for this big prestigious job. Why was there such a miscue? between? I think it morphed. I think as they got closer to the deal and then realized what holes they needed. I think Vince McMahon, this is what I what I always believed from following this the last couple of weeks. I was always believing that uh, Bischoff's original duties were, I'll use this analogy again, A, B, C, and D. And I think Vince, when he hired him, told him also, your duties are going to be A, B, C, and D. But once AEW launched... Once they did the draft, once they did this, once they did that, I think Vince felt that Bischoff would be better suited at C&D, but also G-H and K. And I think Bischoff was like, no, 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 no. I'm supposed to do A, B, C, and D. And I think that's where it clashed. And I think, look, you see some people who get hired behind the scenes in wrestling. They start out doing one particular role. Next thing you know, they're in a totally different role. And I think that's what happened. And Bischoff with Bischoff Hervey, Bischoff, you know, maybe some people, you know, don't like his TNA run. Maybe some people don't like some of the pilots and shows he's produced over the years. But at the end of the day, that's where Bischoff really shines right now. And I think his role turned into, morphed into something else that he wasn't prepared to do, maybe didn't want to do. And unfortunately, they couldn't come to an amicable compromise. Because the problem is, is that if Vince says, look, we need him for this, 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 and this, if Bischoff doesn't do all of that. Now they got to find someone else on top of it. And they felt, you know what? 
we can do fine without Bischoff doing these particular roles, but as far as creative and other things, we'll get Bruce Pritchard instead. This idea that Bischoff was forced out and all this other stuff. I don't, set up, I, set up. Yeah. Set up, I don't buy that at all. That's people just trying to gossip for attention. That's people looking to get tweet fucked. I don't buy any of that stuff at all. That's why... I, that's why I didn't even comment once on Twitter about it, even Friday. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, you I and I Friday that. said we're going to wait till Monday because mm-hmm. people were hyping this up to be a, an explosion. Oh, my God, he's going to be at StarCast. He's going to fucking rip the... My God, mm-hmm. we even said, oh, could you imagine... You know, the the people out there, oh, he shows up in AEW Dynamite and starts shooting on WWE and this and that. That's the ultimate. That's like Medusa throwing a title in the trash. And we were like, these people are hyping this up to, and it's a nothing burger. It's not a nothing burger that he's no longer there, but they were trying to hype it up as being some controversial, you know, really like twisted, dark, and screw job. You know, I mean, all, all I all I was missing the last two weeks is that, you know, I'm surprised somebody didn't report that Vince fired Bischoff by fucking fax or FedEx. And also some uh, reputable people, too. I was surprised saying oh, that yeah. someone had to someone had to take the axe for the million drop off of last week's Smackdown. It's, it's, That's it's complete nonsense. It's, I mean, I even said, and guys, I respect. I was shaking my head. I'm like, God, dude, I respect. Really? Oh, I, my God. That's why I respect me. Oh. I respect me. <laughs> that's good. I, I, I look, I, I of course, I respect our inner circle and that's everybody listening to. I mean, we could have difference in opinion. That's why I love about our extended family, even the people that don't like me. We still, you know, at some point respect each other's opinions. Of course. But I do not respect virtually anybody out of our inner circle because at the end of the day, they expose themselves. And, you know, it's funny how, you know, they might get one little tidbit and they fucking plaster it everywhere. Our sources, our sources, our sources. And meanwhile, last week, the whole Bischoff thing, everybody's sources went to fucking Africa on vacation. I mean, they went to fucking Italy on vacation. Everybody's sources disappeared. And people started, you know, tweet fucking. And they started guessing. And they started assuming. And they got it wrong once again. Just like you're reading now, WWE has nothing for the Usos. Nothing. You, no. you watch shortly. You watch shortly what happens. And you did, that's almost as bad. It's, it won't be as bad, but that's all, close to being as bad is when the three days or two days before the pay-per-view, I invite anybody out there to go look it up. Two days before Hell in a Cell, 90% of the websites out there reported that WWE has nothing for Luke Harper. That WWE, Luke Harper is on his way out. And look, I think now I'm pissed off that they split Harper and Rowan up again, but two days later, he's on the pay-per-view. No. So I don't trust any of these fucks out there. No, no, I, I agree with you. And I get, like you said, DT, if they were looking for some sort of scandalous thing, I knew the show was rec- uh, recorded today for Conrad. It'll probably be up on YouTube for the mass audience if you guys are looking for it by Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, but there's, uh, to be honest with you, the, the the thing that he said was he was he was sorry that he didn't meet Vince McMahon's expectations yeah. on this occasion. Other than that, he was... Uh, yeah, and he said he didn't come here thinking he was going to be here for five or ten years, but he certainly didn't think it was going to be four months. He thought two, three years I'll be here. That was like really the uh, like the most 
open, like, you know, how he felt kind of thing. But he, he there was nothing scandalous. He seems to be fine with it. And uh, even Conrad nudged him a little bit, it seemed. But nah, the, he got nothing. I don't think Bischoff's. And I don't think it's, oh, for now, watch when he goes to Starcast. Nah, I think Bischoff is fine with it. He's an older man now. I think he's content with his life. And, and you, you know, know this might be unpopular to some people out there, but I, I want to give props to Conrad because. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you got to give props he, to him. He could have saved this for Starcast. Yeah, he could have. He could have teased this and teased this and teased this, and they just threw it out there because there really wasn't anything. And it really exposed a lot of people out there for just not having a fucking clue. I mean, some people in the business, of course, they're going to work people. I mean, he knows what I'm talking about when they say that. But, um, you know, I just some people out there, they it's times like this when they really expose themselves. And I'm glad he just threw it out there, nipped it in the bud and moved on. It's true. Now, anybody who gets uh, an interview with Bischoff, it's what are they going to get? They're not going to get anything. Yeah. You know, it's out there. He's, he's not going to go. If he didn't open up more Conrad, whether you believe more Bischoff's just being, you know, but being like a, a good sport for now. No, I think I think he's probably like, you know what? I just like you said, DT, when they changed the job on him, he was probably like at my age, this stage. I he wasn't I, prepared I for I that. He wasn't. Yeah, I don't I don't want I don't want this. And that, that's it. That's yeah. all it is. You know? um, shout out to our associate producers, CJ Uihara, Crestband, James Deal, Switch Babe, Courtney Summers, Diogo Nobre, John Coffey, Tim Everhart, Andrew914. Andrew, my friend, want to see how many shirts you change on Wednesday. Donald J. Trump, people watch NXT, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Russell Zavala, Mara Coombs Jr., Douglas McKay, Keith Lee, James Farmer, John Garcia, Mad Dog No Good, Larry Trailer, Tommy Pikeshi, Zach Spoonamore, Chris Lumna, Rich Mahark, Julian LeBlanc. Big Red, Brandon Rice, Spider Lewin, Rob McCabe, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, Brian Byrne, Daniel Warren, and Michael Cuomo, Isaac Fox, my friend, uh, artist, custom poetry. I've had several people out there uh, ask me for your website, and it is Isaac with two A's, Fox with two X's, dot com, and he wrote some for me, and I'm just going to throw it right out there. I plan on um, asking the question uh, the day after Thanksgiving, and I am definitely going to send to Isaac, just so everybody out there know, just so you see how much I actually value this guy's creativity. I'm going to send him a couple of bullet points. He's going to write me up some poetry, and uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to live stream it yet. I pitched that idea to some people, and they're like, don't, she'll say no, and this is and that. But so, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm uh -huh. going to live stream it. But um, I am definitely going to use some of Isaac's poetry. Uh, so I, I'm going out on the limb with that. But, yeah, the day after Thanksgiving looks like it'll be the day that I ask it. So will I Black live stream Black it? Black Friday. Yeah, Black Friday. But uh, trust me, if, if, if I, I think I know what the answer will be, but. So needless to say, you, you just gave it away, DT. You will not be the wild card that night. No, no, no. I won't be on wild card Friday. I definitely will not. You know, maybe I'll call in. I, yeah, I'm putting Mish on the spot to obviously do the show the day after Thanksgiving. But yeah, Mish, I'll do it with you. I'll yeah, I mean, maybe. Hey, you know. Oh no, no, I can't. No, I got, I got, uh, I got Black Friday concert. Actually, shit, Mish, it's on you, buddy. Yeah, we'll fi we'll figure out Black. Yeah, we'll figure, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah, figure, we'll it, figure out. it out. Um, shoot the defense. 
Uh, shout out to Stell. Great soccer podcast by fans for fans. He's on Twitter at Shoot the Defense. He's got a great Patreon page as well. And um, I'm a member, and you sh- everybody out there should check it out, especially if you're into soccer. I mean, honestly, really excellent analysis. I know we're slightly over an hour. Let me make this clear, okay. everyone. When we say the power hour, it's not a, you know, a solid, you know, uh, we have to stay on, on a 60-minute, 60 to 75 minutes. That's where yeah, that's we're going we said, from yeah. now on. So I just yeah. want to make that perfectly clear. Um mm-hmm. Sneaker Addict, DJ Dells, shout out to you. Great podcast, doing a lot of reviews on sneakers. If you're into sneakers, he does a review on all of them. Plus, he's got a lot of wrestling interviews, a lot of wrestling uh, stuff on there. It's just a great podcast. You get him on YouTube under the name of Sneaker Addict. You got SubZeroComics.com for your wrestling comic book and pop culture collectible needs. Elman Shaw has his displayed store, a lot of pop culture artwork on metal. If you like, you know, metal frames, you know, for like a man cave, your best bargains, LLC. Mike, shout out to you, my friend. Great Amazon and eBay store under the same name. Raul Romo is on eBay selling his pro wrestling cards. You could search him on the Raul Romo's House of Cards. And Christ in the Toyverse, Bob O'Mac, Undercover Capes, does a lot of reviews on collectibles, bobbleheads, a lot of toys. Very, very entertaining. And he is the creative genius. Uh, they're all been creative. Uh, Dells with his 70s retro for Wednesday. Bob O'Mac with his video intro. And, you know, Shaheen with his awesome artwork. And, Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, guys. great stuff. Um, speaking of items and collectibles, WWE just put on sale an Undertaker collectible belt. On shop. Sorry. Yeah, only Sorry. 500 made. They're selling it for $749. It's really nice. I hate that color purple. I don't like the color purple either. I mean, I'm a big Undertaker collector, so I would normally want to get some. I just don't like the color of it. I was thinking of the color purple movie when you said that. Yeah, color, I don't like yeah. the color purple. No, it's like, to, I, I look, I'm, I know people are going to think I'm nuts for saying this. My favorite color of all time is purple. But Prince Purple, not Divas Purple. To me, Undertaker's Purple looks like Divas Purple. Like Prince had a deeper, darker purple. And I don't like the purple on that Undertaker belt at all. To me, it's too light. I agree. That, and I wouldn't spend seven fifty on that. No, nah, no, nah, nah, I don't have it right now. Anyway, that I belt would, it look different. I would love to get it. I'll make a prediction. That belt will drop to five ninety nine within a month. My God, Black Friday is going to be in a month. That belt will be f- between four ninety nine and five ninety nine. And right now on Discord, they got a picture of the belt. Um, <laughs> when I saw the belt, Shazzy put a picture of the Divas title. Well, I was no, like, no, oh, no. Shit, look at this. Here's the thing. I, I, you, you, I didn't. I okay, never, now I see the other thing. Title. That's a nice. I like the emblem, though. The emblem is badass. I like that with yeah. the phenom. I like that. I never said Divas title when I said purple. When I say D, purple, Divas purple, it's more of a light feminine purple that a lot of Divas would wear. If you watch some of the Divas from yesterday that would wear purple, it's like that lighter shade of purple. I think Michelle McCool might have also yeah. had that color yeah, yeah, purple. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think it's a little bit too bright. Maybe the Divas belt, the outline might have been that purple, but I don't like it. I like, I, like the, I like the I like the I like the structure of it, like with the taking uh, taking souls, digging holes, and the phenom with the, with yeah. the uh, 
Undertaker's symbolism in it. That's it's a nice piece as far as that goes. Yeah, if they got the purple out of there, it would look fucking. If awesome. it would have been darker, I think I would have yeah. liked it more. Nice, but uh, not, not bad. Yeah, um, for those that are interested, if you want to see a little controversy, um, Seth Rollins was caught. I look, nobody's reporting it like this, but I will. To me, I think he was caught on a hot mic. Somebody, he was at an autograph signing over the weekend, and he yeah. did like a Q&A and this, this, and that. And I know, you know, what he said about Kenny Omega saying he's in the minor leagues. I mean, you know, call it minor leagues, major leagues, whatever you want, you know. And, and, Ken, and Kenny called that to the NXT guys. I think it was payback. Sure, bit, sure. So. But uh. somebody, and honestly, whoever did this, I think that was a little bit Bush League to do. But somebody asked Seth Rollins for his autograph. I think he autographed the um, the the wrestling figure where he's wearing a white outfit, right. and he, he in the video you don't see Seth Rollins. If you look at the video, you can tell that whatever schmuck that recorded that, um, recorded it in a way that Seth Rollins had no idea that that person was recording. And, and that's not that's that's not cool. But no, it's not cool at all. And they and this person asked Seth Rollins if he'll ever wear the white outfit again, and he said no. Vince won't let him wear it because he's a weird old man. Ugh. And again, if you look at that footage, that's someone who didn't have the balls to fucking record Seth Rollins's face as he's signing the item and fucking hit record and acted, you know, like almost like what these pedophiles do when they fucking, you know, upskirt people like they hit yeah. the record and then you don't know they're recording and they kind of like move their hands. Whoever did that is a schmuck. And I have criticized a lot of Seth Rollins lately and I've also praised him too. But that yeah. video that came out, whoever recorded that, male, female, kid, adult, I don't care. Whoever did that was a schmuck. And I wish people out there would have called that person out for doing a dick move like that. Instead, they reported, oh, Seth calls Vince weird, old man. That was a dick move, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, it was a dick move to tape record somebody unbeknownst to them and then to utilize it like that and... You know, I mean, did he say anything so terrible? No, but they probably don't want to be. Seth, just like you said, DT, just probably said it off the cuff and then probably was horrified when he saw somebody recorded that. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, come on. Yeah, you know, and I wish somebody would put it in the chat so everybody could see what I'm talking about. I'm sure someone will post it in two yeah, seconds. Yeah, someone will post it. Uh, DT, because people had asked me today if we're going to mention it, mention it quick. New Japan Pro Wrestling, if you didn't think we have enough wrestling here in America, uh, officially announced the launch of a subsidiary brand in the United States. It'll be called New Japan Pro Wrestling of America, NJOA, and it'll be based out of uh, Cali. So, yeah, I mean, honestly... That? Um, I'll get into it a little bit more Wednesday, but I'll say, I'll just say this for now. And I'm not trying to tease. I'm just saying like, no, no, you know, no, when no, I get no, into new no. Japan Wednesday, I'll talk about that, but I'll say this right now for sure. And I'm going to pretty much re repeat this exactly. Um, I don't buy much into it right now because to me, that's more of a, you know, when we book West Coast events, it's a lot easier if we had West Coast office over here. It's for licensing, it's for permits, it's for this, it's for that. I think it's a lot more of the, the business side, the behind the scenes and the organization than actually thinking that, oh my God, they're going to start doing weekly TV and this is, and I, I think some people out there don't understand when they say more details to come. Wait for the more details to come because right now that's more of a 
uh, organizational thing than anything else. I mean, it's got, they're trying to set up a, a corporation in the United States, California. I mean, they want, things American. So when they do shows in America, they have, you know, a business here. So again, well, yeah, it could morph into a show if they get a deal, of course. Oh, yeah. Look, it's good to have yeah. events, but people that are thinking, oh my God, here comes another promote. I think that's way jumping the gun. There yeah, is and who, no and who evidence they of that. And who are they signed at this point? Anyway, my God, everybody's yeah, there's no evidence of that. Everybody's but locked up. They could else. have a little working relationship. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, maybe with NWA or something. Sure, like that, sure. Yeah. I mean, AAA is doing a little work with AEW, which is nothing wrong with that. And uh, you know, a lot of yeah. But uh, to me, that's more of a organizational thing than anything else right now. Like a ceremonial thing. Yeah, yeah a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, Taz revealed online that uh, he tried out for WWE backstage, but. When he was doing his commentary, he he was being very, very open and real about WWE product. And he realized very quickly that they want someone who, you know, maybe kind of toys the fine line, but for the most part, kisses WWE's ass. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what was going to happen. I didn't see him getting the gig. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to see him do more in AEW, actually. Yeah, that would be cool. I like Taz. Yeah. I, I think he's better than a lot of other commentators out there. But as we talked about last week, um, what do you do on Wednesday? You got three babyface commentators. You're not going to add a fourth. You got Shivani, you got Ross, and you got Excalibur. Um, it, you almost feel like you need a constructive catalyst. You know, the, the Bobby Heenan, the Corey Graves, the Jesse Ventura. You need someone to be a little bit of a dick. And I don't think Jim Ross or Tony Schiavone fit that role. And I don't know if Excalibur is ready to, to do that. So where could you fit in Taz if you, if you worked out a deal with him? Yeah, it's sad. Uh, there's not really, unless they start some other sideshow that he can host or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. unless he stays committed to just AEW dark. Yeah, so yeah, that's but yeah, they might have something else. Who knows? Maybe they create another new sideshow, something where they get a guy like Taz to do it. Unless Taz doesn't want to do something so like a small scale. Yeah, yeah. So we are exactly approaching seventy-five minutes. You know, like I said, it's not going to be a hard sixty minutes, but sixty to seventy-five minutes tops. You know, is where we're going from now on. And you know, we for everybody out there, you know, there's so much other content that we have out, you know, available this week. Is almost literally a show every day. And, uh, you know, as far as the non-WWE stuff, I'll be back Wednesday with Wednesday Night Dynamite right after NXT and AEW. And uh, tomorrow night uh, for Patreons uh, live here on Discord chat, uh, 1015 Dark Chronicles. Yes, yes. And then uh, Thursday's Breakfast Soup. Friday is Wild Card Friday. And Saturday is the return of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's right. And just real quick, uh, DT, because we always give shout outs to the old school guys. Uh, get well soon to outlaw Joel Deaton, who had a, a sh- major stroke on Friday. Joel Deaton, the old school guy, used to have battles with Abdul the Butcher. Not a household name, but I know who he is. Uh, he had a stroke this past Friday. That's Thunderfoot, just, the original Thunderfoot. Yeah, yeah, Thunderfoot. Yeah, outlaw Joel Deaton. So if you guys can check him out, he's a big, heavy set guy all of his life. He's older guy now. This happens. Had a stroke. His sister went on his Facebook page, said he's awake and alert. It doesn't have movement on uh, the affected side, unfortunately. So it's going to be a long uh, recovery for him. So good luck to Joel Deaton. Absolutely. 
Okay. All right. Uh, Kev, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. Check out everybody tomorrow. Doc Chronicles 1015 live on the chat. Me and Trez. We'll see you tomorrow night. All right. Take it easy. Peace. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D, the website dontony.com. Email me, dontony at dontony.com, facebook.com slash DTKC show. Uh, make sure you check out Wrestling Soup Thursday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Shout out to Mish. Uh, we are uh, people, I, I mentioned this last week. I got to mention again. If anybody had problems with DonTony.com and Wrestling-News.com last week, everything has been fixed, and uh, you should be able to access the site with no issues whatsoever. So take care, everyone. Be well, and we'll return with the DTKC show one week from today, which already will be October 28th. Take care. Be well, everybody. Ciao. Son, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. Son, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? The fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, Mike, you can have fun. You really are. <laughs> Moon out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebbia. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nebbia.